Don't right. say fuck or bugger. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are indeed live. Uh, due to what I can only assume is a series of incredibly unfortunate events, you have landed here with me at 7.30 on a Friday night, joining me for episode 20 of A. Thompson and Other Disappointments. And my guest this week, uh, joining me here in the belly of the beast of metropolitan elitism, <laughs> um, in, in the, I don't know, Greenfields of Hampshire is where I am. Uh, it looks lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, joining me this week is my guest, Super Tan Ski. Tan, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Well, as well as I can be in the depths of hell. Yes. Yeah. It's, England. <laughs> it's, it's not a great time, is it, in England? I feel like I want to say in Britain, but it is really English problems. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, Scotland seem to have their act together, or at least they're getting there. Wales are doing pretty well. Yeah. Northern Ireland. Mm, I try to keep out of Northern Ireland because I don't know enough about it. But yeah, it's England that's having the problems. We're riddled with fascism. Do you think it will stay this way? Do you think that like, because I, I sort of sometimes think, well, if the events of today, like proper back to the future style, like if the events of today carry mm. on into tomorrow, then where could this lead? And I, I think like, if if people are so rabidly obsessed with Brexit and British independence and sovereignty and identity and World mm. War Two and all the rest of it, um, where does that end? Like, if Scotland say, "Well, we want another independence vote," like, would the same Brexity Britishy people preserve that union at all costs, or would well, they course, be like, yeah. or, or would they be like, "Yeah, fuck Scotland. This is you know, we'll we'll just go it alone. It's England." World War Two, blighty, like you know, I could see them. <laughs> yeah, doing that. one World Cup. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know really. I mean, it's it's really unpredictable at the moment. It seems like every day there's something more mental, yeah. and more mental, yeah. and more mental. And it, it, that kind of attitude is so deeply ingrained in people now. It's been so cleverly instilled into them yeah. that I think that they will see this um, like kind of return to the empire kind of sense of ownership over other parts of Great Britain. So it's all to play for, isn't it really? In a kind of, it would be exciting if it wasn't so depressing, I think. It's it's a sort of collective insanity, isn't it? It's like, and, <laughs> and you've, you've tapped into it beautifully there where it's like, it's the, the days of the empire, it's World War Two. it's like 1966 World Cup. It's all of this sort of past glory that people mm. really, really want to come back. In so they just want to feel proud of being British in the same way that, mm. you know, if you meet an Italian person, they're pretty proud of Italy. And, you know, that's not something traditionally or certainly for a long time that we've really had in the uk you know like there's always this yeah shame it's always like yeah oh, yeah that's it and and it's a misplaced sense of patriotism too i think because the things they're patriotic about are sometimes linked to one of our most like some of our most shameful history like the things i'm proud about the uk for are things like tolerance decency humor you know that kind of thing and and that's being eroded by just a descent into xenophobia into racism yeah. into protecting the days of the empire when it, it wasn't it wasn't a country to be as proud of uh, and when you look back through history trying to preserve that history is is shameful and that's what they're kind of trying to do at the moment really isn't it with boarding off statues um yeah. 
you're right and such it's interesting that that the pride of britain and britishness seems to stem uh in in the populist sense from more negative like meaner places like why is that like why why not be proud of like when, when you're waving your flag around and you know claiming like britain's britain's the greatest mm. country ever i'm i'm british till i die like why are you not waving a flag for the nhs or like why are you not waving a flag about british humor like you said like why is it always like we used to run uh, the fucking world like it's a i think it's a sense of entitlement and ownership because the country has dipped in and completely stolen from other cultures and other countries they have a sense of wanting to own as opposed to i guess cultivating something to be proud of that's the way i kind of see it but um i wish i knew the answer because I then know. i could do something <laughs> well i don't really have a theory on on why it's the meanest stuff but i've got a theory on why people are way more like rabidly obsessed with Britishness mm. now and i think it sort of goes back to weirdly like it's a kind of home ownership i feel like when you home own oh yeah. land and yeah like protecting your land your castle that kind of thing it's it well it's a bit that but it's also more sort of anthropological i think if you if you get yourself a job and a mortgage and you've got a stake in mm. in your you know your county or your town or whatever and really what you're thinking about is i want to get out of debt i want to pay off my mortgage and i want to make sure that my bills are paid every month to try and make that happen if that's cover your bases got, yeah yeah if that's what you're thinking about my family my mortgage pay my bills you probably don't give a fuck about what some faragean cunt on tv is saying right <laughs> like but if you take that Excellent away use of the sea bomb yeah um yeah it's yeah quite early um, in the show to drop that one but um, I was going to say, you're swearing more than me. It's brilliant. And that's yeah. my, my trademark. Um, yeah, I think that is true to some extent. Yeah, it's kind of the, that stems back to the whole I'm all right, Jack mentality, doesn't it? It's like me and my family are okay. So therefore, if those per people aren't doing as well, they need to try harder when there's actually no meritocracy anymore. Yeah. There's no, there's never really been a true sense of meritocracy. And um, yeah. yeah, and then, and then you know, you've got like, I guess people identifying bizarrely more with people that epitomize the work of the ruling classes as opposed to their own. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then it stems back that lack of community as well, because in a community, it was like, it takes a, a village to raise a, whatever, a child or, and such, but yeah, that's gone. And that was smashed out by Margaret Thatcher. Mm. And it's just got worse and worse and worse since we've had like, what is it? Three terms of Blair, but then it's just been wall to wall tour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. sort of brings us on to like, one of the pillars that we were going to touch on tonight. Um, <laughs> so, in actual fact, let's let's park that um, that endless nightmare of Torydom for for one second. Um, and we'll just focus on like the the week that we've just had, right? So, um, early God. part of the week, the Indian variant was in the headlines uh, mm. because it was now clear to the ruling class that. Um, despite having been warned by every expert across the world, seemingly, that if you don't control your borders, if you don't sort out quarantine, if you don't have a functioning test, track and trace system, uh, if you don't take this seriously, this is a variant that is going to get out of control and it's super transmissive and it's, you know, contagious and all the rest of it. So basically, please, 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 ruling class, can you put India onto the red list? And in that dithering and delay and fucking about, um, we now have the output at the earlier part of this week where um 
it, yeah, it, seemingly they're not ruling out, uh, firstly, a pausing of relaxation of measures, um, and secondly, um, a possible lockdown with with the third wave whenever that happens, right? Um, and I, I, I suppose the, the most amusing part, or the, the most bemusing part of this was like the way it was reported, and it said Matt Hancock says no final decision has been taken as to whether or not they will relax measures in June. And I was like, isn't this supposed to be the the irreversible relaxation, right? So we've gone from- It's classic. It's, it's, we've gone from, uh, it, this is irreversible, this lockdown relaxation to no final decision has been taken. In how long, <laughs> like a month? <laughs> it's just never gonna end, is it? When we're saying, you, you're like in 2030, oh, uh, you know, it's lockdown 9,025. Yeah. Because Johnson's, like he's a weak leader. He waits until the last minute yeah. before just jumping on the decision. The same with Brexit, yeah. the same with coronavirus, except, with Brexit so far, maybe not ever, let's let's be fair, you're not gonna kill hundred and fifty thousand people making that decision. No. Like it is it is classic. And everyone thinks is this like well, some idiots think he's like this stoic kind of like Churchill style leader. He's a ditherer, a delayer, yeah, and a yeah. weak human being. He just he just wants to be popular at any cost. His decisions are based on popularity, they're not based on will this benefit other people it's like will this benefit boris johnson yeah. and if the answer is yeah. no he doesn't do it yeah he's got the um in fact i've talked about this on um uh one of my vids i uploaded where there are two different types of stand-up comedian right there's the type who is in it because they love comedy they adore writing they um you know they love the art form the craft and the process of building mm. things that come together and that person is infinitely interesting to talk to and inspiring to watch and then mm. you've got the other person which is a weird kind of person which is where they just want to be the person who holds the mic on the stage that everyone is looking at um. it doesn't matter if they're any good at it or if they're uh if they felt like they were ever cut out for it or yeah that they don't put any of the work in it's they just want to be able to tell their friends, oh, look, I did a gig at Lion's Den and here's the picture of me holding the mic in front they of They want to be the star. Yeah. yeah, they want to look, be on the stage, yeah. And for me, that's Boris Johnson. He's, he, mm. it's not that he has any of the attributes that you would want near power. Uh, God, he, no, he no. He just <laughs> wants to be the guy in an all right suit stood outside number 10 that's broadcast across various news channels that, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a popularity contest, isn't it? And he, you know, he hired the team to build brand Boris. And it alarms me more and more. I mean, I've been in a, just a constant state of alarm since 2016. It got worse 2019, December 2019 in particular, right before Christmas, boom, Tory majority. Um, but yeah, he, he just... He wants to be popular at any cost. He was born into the right kind of family to do the job. He was always going to do the job. It's nepotism mm. through and through. But he's built this brand and it amazes me that people can't see that it's it's just a, it's such a see-through sham. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and it just takes like, like with anything to do with the toys, it takes a tiny little bit. It takes one Google mm -hmm. to realise that they're a bunch of bastards, one Google. Mm. And, you know, when you get to the point where people can't even be bothered to just type into Google basic things like, is my MP a prick, for example, great website, to see people's voting records, it's the first thing I look at, you know? Yeah. It's the first thing, I, why don't people do that? It's just all there for them. It's maddening. Well, 
I, I feel like this is going to sound incredibly sort of smug and sneery, but I feel like it's the left burden, right? That sometimes, sometimes I worry that I live in a bubble, right? And I think that's my cross to bear. Because, like an echo chamber, you mean? Yeah, like I think to myself, well, I think Boris is a cunt because <laughs> I read the news. I'm a news junkie. I don't just sit there mm. reading The Guardian all the day, uh, all the day, all day. Um, all day long. Uh, you know, I, I consume from a variety of, of news mm. sources, uh, left and right and centre and, and whatever. And I feel uh, confident to say that I've constructed the opinion that I think the guy is a fucking sack of dog shit. Grade A dickhead, yeah. Right. Now, I also think that, <laughs> that people on the right who support him do not think that way. I don't think they think wow maybe i've been fed a load of horseshit maybe i'm living in some weird sort of tory pro tory bubble that's telling me that everything he does is amazing and they're withholding information from me when he really fucks up i don't think they think like that i think if you talk to somebody again i, I know how this sounds it sounds incredibly sneery but I think if, I, <laughs> if i talk to some of my working class tory friends if i said do you ever consider that maybe you just don't get it like, have you considered that you're just being fed a load of rubbish? I really think the answer to that question would be like, oh, you typical fucking sneering lefty. <laughs> oh, you know? wokey wanker. Uh, yeah, but, or whatever buzzword they've been yeah, told to say. But point. I don't think they consider for one second that they, you know, what if I'm being fed a load of... Whereas I think on the left, people do think that way. I think they think, hang on a second, am I being... <laughs> Spun well, they on. think it too much. That's the problem. I mean, look at look at Starmer. I mean, yeah, he's been a bit of a wet Wednesday, but he's not a bad guy, and he's inherited a hellscape. And then the left are like, "Oh, he murders babies! Got to get him out of the yeah. <laughs> it's like, No, no. I mean, the guy in charge is murdering babies. Like that's literally what he's doing. They're like, "No, get Starmer. He's not caught." And yeah. and it's it's like weird too the other way. Whereas they just believe. A lie, because I think the problem is when you when you've got things like patriotism and national, no, not patriot. I, I call it nationalism because that's what it is. It's not. Yeah. Patriotism yeah. is something that I don't think is a problem. Nationalism is. Mm. Um, but yeah, they just run with, you know, the the negative aspects of of what's kind of making the country go downhill. They just run with it until the bitter end because they're treating it like a football match. They're not treating it like politics. They're treating it like a game to be won. Yeah. And their guy's in the lead, so they're going to run with him. Yeah. And I think, it uh, shut us down. I think a lot of them place a, a, a puzzling amount of pride on subscribing to the winning team. And it's really fucking weird to anyone that, that tries to apply critical thought or logic to it. Because you're like, well, why? Wow. What is it that you actually like? What have they done for you? And then the answer that always comes back is like, well, they kept Corbyn out, bloody Corbyn, stupid Labour. Yeah, Labour. You know, it's just it's just every, it's so predictable. You know, it's almost like I could write the script for what they're going to say to me in reply. Right, yeah. Every yeah. time. I know, like I've seen your TikToks about it, which are brilliant. And you could literally, it's like they've got this kind of like repetitive script yeah. because all they care about is winning. All they care about is being on the side of the guy that's like the most powerful, even though they're not realizing that none of us are going to win out of this. Yeah. Like, especially not them, unless they're what a disaster capitalist or a hedge funder or a guy that's got on, who's on the receiving end of a tasty deal or, a, mm. you know, a, 
what they call contract or something like that. It's just... I'll tell you what they're like. They're like the political equivalent of a man who knows that his wife is cheating on him, right? <laughs> he tells his friends, like, my wife's fucking cheating on me. Like, and then all of his friends are just like, well, why don't you fucking leave her then? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, what if I'm wrong? Uh, maybe, maybe not, you know. But then when it does transpire that she's been fucking, like, you know, three guys Everyone. on his back, mm. then he places more pride on the fact that he was right... <laughs> than the shame of having made a bad decision. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, well, I, oh, I saw this coming a mile off. Well, did you? <laughs> Why didn't you fucking do anything? <laughs> because they link it to their identity as well. This is the thing. If you've all you've got, like, that's what I was trying to say earlier before I lost my friend. With nationalism, that's the part of their identity. Mm. That's what they... Like, it, therefore, and it's it's been proven that when someone challenges an opinion you hold dear, that you see it as a personal slight. Like, it's like a psychological thing. You feel sure. it personally, like, but deeply, like it's a part of your character that's being attacked. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's multifaceted. It doesn't help that there's literally a kind of post-truth state now mm. at play. And facts and logic don't work against that. No. No, that's another theme I sort of come back to quite a bit on my on my vids is um like the 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 age of like symbolism over substance so this is what the tories are really good at is like focusing on poppies and flags and statues and um yeah you know and basic and, archetypes really aren't they yeah and, and like three word slogans and yeah, mm. like a bulldozer like going through now what labor are shit at is the exact same things so they're yeah. great at policies in fact, I, I did a vid today about how their policies in the 2019 election, people fucking loved them. Like when they didn't know that it was a policy, they, you know, they were polled and they said, um, what do you, what do you think about building a, like way more council houses? And people were like, yeah, mm. it seems smart. And yeah, think, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Another, another policy was, um, uh, we would like, if, if Labour got into power, we would ensure that, um, two or three representatives from the workforce were sort of promoted as like uh, honorary board members as representatives of the actual yeah workers. yeah and people were like yeah yeah that seems like a good idea and like, mm. national education service and like all these other pol people like yeah the things like, we need yeah. basically and then as soon as you go you know that's a labor policy people would go ah well no 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 like it's 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 how are they the, gonna pay for it yeah you know? it's the pr and the marketing mm. and the lack of sloganeering and the lack of symbolism mm. that is the mm. problem really Flavor. they're not selling it yeah that's the problem like they don't it's not they don't sell it as in a way that people can i mean the toys literally do just talk down to people um but you know johnson's the guy that said the working classes are thick um yeah so he he does they act accordingly but then is it buzzwords things that catch in your head you know is it like sort of there's an element of like chicks like a bad boy to it as well like do they love boris johnson because he's a sorry i just nearly threw up on my own lap then <laughs> but is it like is it like that like where they like it's like stockholm syndrome is a more elegant way of i would say stockholm syndrome as opposed to that other analogy that makes me want to die inside like, yeah um <laughs> i mean it's the same thing right it's like you're trying to sort of cozy up to the bad figure that to the baddie because you think that then like by having that person on your side or by cozying up to them that somehow they will be better to you you mean like standing behind the bully going, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't understand it. 
I don't understand. Like, there's been times where in my in my darker moments, yeah. I thought, are we living in a simulation? Like, did I die in like 2016? And this is like some kind of mental purgatory in which, you know, because every day, mm. Aid, every day something worse happens. And I don't know how it keeps getting worse each day. Mm. But I, I try to make TikToks and I'm sitting there thinking, I've got, like a list, like I've got a bloody scroll in front of me of things that I could talk about. Yeah. And it's actually harder choosing what what to talk about. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what do I choose off this list? Oh, um, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to, uh, you know, not teach any black history at all and make it look like we're great, the empire's brilliant, no slavery. What next? Um, you know, they're trying to ban protest. Oh, brilliant. Okay, right, okay. What next? Patel is um, attending uh, raids of immigration centers like some SS guard. Brilliant. Okay. It just goes on and on and on. And it's just, how do you choose what to, like they're bamboozling us with madness. So on the left, everyone's just like, oh, (laughs) I don't know what to do. It's too mental. So that's, that's like, I think they're just going overkill. But then also that does, that does signify a bit of a lack of control, I think on their part. I think they're feeling to some extent, I don't think they're feeling as infallible as people think they are. Do you think? I don't think that. Chaotic and disorganised and eventually all, like, the cards will fall down. Well, it's a bit grabby. Like, I attended this kind of, like, I ended up accidentally in a, in a really Marxist um, Zoom meeting and <laughs> where people called each other comrade non-ironically, you know, wow. it was like, it was, but it was really interesting. And one of the key speakers, I, I wish I could remember, Counterfire, the guy who founded Counterfire, and he was talking about how um, kind of a move towards fascism by a government is generally a government that's kind of clambering to retain power it's not a strong move mm. and he doesn't think it's kind of like full full fascism which it evidently isn't because we still have some degree of control but um he was thinking that it was a kind of it was a symbol of decline as opposed to them trying to fully lock us down maybe it could be brexit the protest thing because people are going to start seeing the brexit reality soon i don't know it was a really interesting meeting but everyone looked really surly but i guess you would if you're that far left yeah so yeah it's interesting. I mean, I've not been uh, party to any of those sorts of meetings. I've literally it was brilliant, actually. Never heard yeah, I really say enjoyed it. Comrade, uh, other than like right wingers when they're taking the piss out of left wingers. I like it. I think it's quite a nice way to say white right, mate. You know, in a in a kind of maybe it's a bit mad, actually, isn't it? I don't know. I think like if if you were at a Labour conference, and I've never been to a Labour conference, <laughs> so who the fuck am I to say this? But um. I think if you went to a Labour conference and you did a, you welcomed an MP on stage <laughs> and you said, please welcome on stage uh, my comrades, you know, Ed Miliband or whoever, I think people would fucking maul you for it. And it would turn people yeah, it would like be me mental, off. Yeah. I'd be like, ooh, that's weird. You know? If it's just a guy in the background ra- waving a red flag. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to solve the are we electable problem. No, well, no, but then... You know, Labour aren't going to be, I don't think. I don't think there's any hope. Like, I don't want to sound depressing, but... Yeah. Well, this brings us on to the, the subject we were going to talk about, actually. So, um Yeah, it's been, it's been a weird week. It's how we started this. It's, like, it's been a weird, like, number of years, eight. Right, like. yeah. Um, but week, specifically. But yeah, so yeah. Indian variant, Matt Hancock, um, and then Pretty Patel's weird 
photo opportunity dragging people out of the house um dying honestly and this is this is just how things are now right in 2021 (laughs) this is and this is our life and and all of the polls seem to suggest that I and you, we are out of our fucking minds, Tan, because this government are amazing and they're going to stay in power for 10 years, right? How I'm getting angry. I can feel myself getting angry as you say it. Like, I can't... I know, but it's important that we say this stuff out loud. So... Oh, I know, I know, I know. I've got to face it. Yeah. Um, so my question to you is, like, how how the fuck are we supposed to get rid of a party that is this far ahead in the polls <laughs> and everyone appears to love even though they're demonstrably shit and have nobody's best interests at heart how are you supposed to fix that problem because i don't know i don't i don't know um i i mean the a big part of it i think a big big part of the control is like the tabloids yeah i agree and our our elections have been corrupted for years by Murdoch, by Russia. Mm. Um, so to think that we've actually got an actual democracy in itself is... Shaky. It's just not true. Like, we just don't have one. Um, so, and and if... I don't know. Like, I'm going to try and be inventive. I'm, I'm not being facetious, I swear. But if they've tre- created a post-truth state where logic doesn't work, where facts don't work anymore, maybe we could just lie loads about stuff. <laughs> you know what? I saw, I saw a tweet earlier in the week where somebody said, do Labour just need to start playing dirty? And it really got me thinking, because yes. I was thinking that obviously the thing that, that lefties or progressives um, like about left-leaning parties um, is that they tend to be nice. You know, they've got good values and they're thinking about the broader community Moral. and the greater good and all that. Um, so it, it's quite a shift but but then you ask yourself well is it worth it to you know play a bit dirty to get these motherfuckers out if it means that for the greater good you get to put some policies in because you can't yeah absolutely like celebrity death match you know just get johnson versus starmer starmer could handle himself he's not a small lad you know he could like yeah he could easily take out johnson yeah i mean i wasn't talking about like full-on like you know Bludging each other to death. I just mean like. Oh no no no! I am like you know oh, like um, stripped to the waist, mano a mano. You know, yeah. like um, um, old school rules. It could be an interesting way of like solving any deficit issues. Like you could do a pay per view. <laughs> People yeah. would pay for it. It's a bit Black Mirror, isn't it? We're, we're erring into that territory now. Um, yeah. Just put them both in a room with a pig and see who wins. I don't know. Um, but I don't. I don't actually know. Like I've I've, I've made a little note as I showed you earlier on and literally next to this, I've just put fuck nose on my pad. Like, because I genuinely, yeah. I don't know if, if 150,000 people being killed by the government yeah. hasn't yeah. done it. If, you know, just no accountability yet. I mean, well, no, that's actually, that's irrelevant to this. Um, in terms of labor, I think, issues definitely run deeper than Starmer. I, I'm, I, I was a big fan of, Jeremy Corbyn, mm. like a huge fan, but I didn't not, I didn't like ignore his faults and he had plenty. He totally muffed up Brexit, totally ruined. Like he, he, he was a kind of unconvinced lever, a remainer, wasn't he? He wanted to leave. Yeah. He was, he wanted yeah. to leave the EU. Um, and when you've got to the point where you're seeing Labour reveling in the gains that the Tories have made in council elections. Yeah. 
and yeah. you've got them tribal to the point where they would see the party sink then you're just like well if that's going on in labor mm. and that's the opposition yeah what what the hell do we do like i i'm yeah princess diana me let's face it <laughs> <laughs> like, she's got it quick get her yeah i think i think i'm with you in terms of like the the factionalism within uh labor that seems to be something that the tories actually handled quite well like when it was their turn around the sort of you know the the ukip era and ukip were but i think at, at its peak there was talk of about 15 or 17 tory mps defecting to ukip unless cameron started making movements that looked a little bit more ukipified right so they started to become like blue kip at that point and that's how he saved his bacon but part of that was that he committed to uh, a referendum and you know a few years later here we are but when it's labor's turn to address the factionalism within they seem to operate in a sort of tunnel vision um whoever the leader is is surrounded by sycophants and and whether it's corbyn or starmer or whoever they just seem to bulldoze ahead with their vision they don't seem to make much of an attempt to unite the rest of the party um yeah and it's the sign of a sort of it's it's truly weak leadership in both of them and i i was like mm. you you know i i didn't think corbyn was uh perfect i thought he had some nice ideas i thought he's probably a good bloke his heart's probably in the right place mm. but i always definitely will continue to say that he was a shit leader he he failed to unite his party he wasn't particularly great at pmqs he didn't sell he was stubborn yeah. as hell he didn't um forward a clear case on brexit he came across as disingenuous and he fucked up yeah uh two elect two general elections um so this idea that he was this perfect leader or we really fucked up by getting rid of him and putting starmer in is fantasy and now similarly mm. with starmer i i like him i think he's all right i think he's you know what's the cliche for like forensic with the detail i think he's yeah really good in he's smart yeah sharp but he's not he's not a do you know what he doesn't have? He doesn't have the what we were talking about earlier with policies and being a salesman and selling it to the electorate. He doesn't have agree a hundred percent. He's not a salesman. He's the guy you no. actually want as foreign secretary next to the leader. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I was saying something very similar to this to a friend the other day. Like, absolutely agree with that. But at the same time, I mean, he's a decent guy. I mean, when you've got a human rights lawyer up against a, the most morally bankrupt person in the world. Yeah and 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 they're still not winning yeah it's a lot of it's i think to do with i mean as we were talking about earlier on i think it's the lack of accountability in the press it is shocking i was watching the thick of it again for like the millionth time um about mm. a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about how if you know they were talking about if you don't say anything you create a, a vacuum of speculation you know everything just gets sucked into the vacuum um this story is going to blow this and i remember that like, i was thinking what the, the the people in government are being held accountable and it just felt like creepy this was only about 10 years ago yeah. and yeah. to see both sides getting decimated by the press to some extent it was just alien yeah because that does not happen anymore you just you you've, you've not got that happening and when that doesn't happen and the people aren't seeing the reality of things mm. that's when it gets frightening um you've got kind of um stefanovich's video that's got like yeah. what 12 million views. 60 million 12 million views yeah i thought it was i thought it was bigger than that for some reason um you've got peter oborn 
the guy who wrote The Assault on Truth, releasing books that he is giving to the Speaker of the House about proving that Johnson's lied. Um, you've got all of this happening and you've got the Tories not even correcting people when they say they voted against Labour in the council elections because Labour have ruined the hospitals and the prison. <laughs> and it's just like, they've got no fucking power, yeah. Kevin. Like, they've got no power. And and it's just, it's 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 frightening. Like, I, I, I can't watch the news now. I try to avoid the news. I watch a bit of Channel 4 news here and there, or I'll watch, like, I'll listen to LBC and things like that, and I'll listen to the headlines. But it's it's got disturbing now. And so people, I don't think a lot of people are seeing... The, the big the big part of it like just how bad it is and that is terrifying and they're not going to educate people in schools because it's not in their interest for people to be politically aware is that is it yeah. so it's the same as like they'll never teach kids in schools critical thinking um well no and absolutely you, you learn that at uni i think if you go for a good uni you learn that don't you you have to for essays and such yeah. but and they'll never teach kids about real like financial investment either mm-hmm because if they did that, credit pays, yeah. I mean, what would happen? Like, they need a select number. Well, they need most people to go ahead and not really know what the fuck they're doing financially. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's that. The borrowing keeps the yeah. yeah. It's a circle of circle of cunts, as I say. Yeah. But like, also, like, just sort of going back to what you were saying about the newspapers. This is where I get really like like um, uh, what's the word? Futilistic, nihilistic. I, I sort of get into this headspace where I'm like, okay, well, look. For Labour to get into power, I think, I believe, they would need the support of the sun again, right? Not because loads of people read the sun, but because the way that British media works is uh, every single morning news show will go through what the papers say. And the headlines of all those papers uh, then inform and set the tone for news for the rest of the day. So um, like all of the news stations will pick up and... Um, and, and carry those things forward and then try to get like vox pops about what do you think about it so it, it really does matter like even though comparatively few people actually read a copy of the sun versus how many people watch bbc news or how many people watch sky news so the papers do actually uh a lot of people say oh well you know um who reads newspapers these days anymore like but this is exactly what i'm talking about is it's like it starts with the newspaper and then it permeates through the rest of the political uh, journal landscape. And it does make a difference. Um, and in the same way that Blair and Alistair Campbell won over the Sun Murdoch back in the day and then won power, I actually think, depressingly enough, you would need to perform some sort of similar operation now for Starmer or someone. No, well, whatever helps yeah <laughs> go down yeah um, um yeah i agree and... <laughs> sorry to lower the tone significantly but i agree i agree with you absolutely and so then I, it's, it's a knock-on effect then i get into the, the headspace where i'm just like well what would have to happen for that to happen and then you think well i don't know what labor could offer murdoch in exchange like i think back in the day didn't they do some sort of weird blair campbell deal with him it was something to do with the single market or was it the euro it was weird. I don't. I can't remember. It, they. They. I know that there was a yacht involved, and who knows what they did on that yacht. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So then I then I start thinking. Well, I don't know. Like again, like is it worth playing dirty? Should they do a deal with the devil to get? I think they should absolutely play dirty. I mean, do whatever you can to get in power, and then 
implement kind moderate policies yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah you know that i i think so and i oh god you know i suppose in tory circles, i would love it to... it's different it's the op- in tory circles it's the opposite isn't it it's like say the mediocre medium stuff to get in power and then once you're in power do the really evil yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah unleash the hell yeah no I, I completely agree yeah it's um the Tories are the equivalent of driving all like nice and slow and pretending you're a good driver when a copper's behind you, isn't it? And then once they go off, then you start like, you know, yeah, kicking yeah. off. Um, but I, I don't, um, I, I, I just, more and more, like at the moment, I, I just find myself going, I don't know what to do. I mean, I think what you're saying is correct about the, the, the tabloids being on side because they are massively powerful i mean they're in every shop Mm. in the country Mm. and people and what's on that headline even if it's just they read the headline on the front of the paper Mm. it makes a difference like i thought finally the turning point was the mail turning a bit on johnson i thought right we're onto something here i thought right finally my day has come i was in a brilliant mood yeah for about two days and then it just like it started kind of shuffling off a bit. And I was like, well, hang on, where's this momentum going? Why aren't they keeping it up? You know, you've got Tory dictatorship trending for the fifth consecutive day on, on Twitter. You've, you've got all this happening here. And yet, literally a week after, he said one of the most callous things you can say about people that have died, mm. people vote overwhelmingly for conservatives even in even in really deprived areas and it's well especially i suppose because that's where they fail the education system the most isn't it um and that's where they destroy the councils the most and take away most of the public services mm. um and it's it's just it, what what could it take i mean i i think it could get to a point where he could do a poo on a homeless person on camera mm. And, and they would blame the homeless person for being in the path of his poo. Like, I think that's literally well, what it would come I from. I think you're being, like, too generous there. I actually think people, people at this point, the people that come into the comments section have convinced me that actually people are a lot meaner and nastier. And so if they saw Johnson shitting on a homeless person, I think they would all look at each other and they'd yeah. be like, oh, well, we've all wanted to do it really, haven't we? <laughs> yeah you're probably yeah i mean the pandemic made me realize just how thick people are sadly like on mass i mean i'm not talking about any particular class of people i'm talking just across the board pretty dense i mean i've seen like shocking displays of apathy Mm. and i never imagined i never really imagined a pandemic happening but when i did i'd never in a million years thought people would still be behaving in such a blasé way i never imagined it i never imagined that people would be just so laissez-faire even even as the bodies did pile up i didn't imagine Mm. that would happen and let alone that they would you know continue to vote for the party that's acted with disgusting amounts of neglect and lack of concern and it sort of goes back to the nationalism and and that sort of stuff because what you would say yeah, to them, if, if they were even open to a logical conversation about it you would say mm. well it didn't have to be like this there's other countries who have handled this infinitely better and if you look at new zealand also an island um you know they took the right approach mm. and basically they've got through the pandemic fairly untouched like they've had a couple of scares here and there but 
Yeah, I'm in festivals now. My friend yeah. in, in New Zealand's like sending me pictures from festivals. I'm like, Ugh. But like if you had that yeah. conversation with that kind of person, they would not, uh, they wouldn't be willing to look at it like an equation of like, well, um, New Zealand, Britain, like they would see it as like, well, fuck New Zealand. We're Britain. We do our own thing. You know, like it's, it's oh, not even in the same periphery for them. They're just like, we're Britain. Boris is doing his best. You lefties are just fucking like, you just pick apart anything. You're just looking to point score. It's, it's <sighs> so weird. It's like, can we just it's have a conversation it? about this? Can we actually apply some sort of logic and reason to what we're talking no fuck flag flag poppy poppy let me fuck my yeah statue. yeah it doesn't happen does it it doesn't happen yeah. no they just throw a football at you and run away like it's <laughs> every every single <laughs> yeah. um but no it's 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 um yeah it's it's depressing the division since 2016 and in the lead up to 2016 yeah it's not like i've known in my life mm. in this country i've not i've not known it to be this bad it's weird. Do you think it would be this divided if the referendum had gone the other way? Or is that the genesis of it? No, I, I think they would have probably, like, the, the mail would have moved on to something else to spiel. Yeah. Um, like, it would spiel a whole, a whole lot more lies about something else and then print, like, a tiny little retraction in the back of the page, like, a couple of weeks later. Because that's what they do, isn't it? They're just um, architects of chaos and outrage um outrage and well essentially they're just like they just say what the toys tell them to don't they um typically yeah them and the typically. <laughs> political editor of the sun i think is super cozy with johnson so i i always refer to them as the stem newspapers the sun telegraph express mail um and i i like you um <laughs> I like you. Uh, I, Emma, <laughs> I like you too, eh? <laughs> I, Emma, like you, uh, was, yeah. I, I was quite pleased, you know, quite uh, refreshed to see the male start giving him a, a bit of a kicking because there's this old... It was brilliant. Um, this old uh, saying that one, once you lose the male in Tory world, then your number's up. Exactly. That's why I had a bit of hope, yeah. you know. That's why I was like, come on, it's the beginning of the end now. People are starting to wake up. Yeah. But no. I mean, if it got worse, if porn mags were still really a thing. If I was the mm. kind of guy that was buying porn mags and I went to the garage that day and there was the choice between like, you know, Escort magazine or the male trashing Boris, I probably would have just taken the male bashing Boris and just, you know, it was that pleasing to me. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was tempted to buy it, except I would sooner, I think, I don't know. There's lots of things I'd sooner do than buy the um, the Daily Mail, without a doubt. Sure. So, okay, here's, here's my last question for you. Oh, um, God. So if we if we look at the state of the UK now, right, so we're on, I'm going to say, I feel confident at this stage that we're on the verge of another Scottish referendum. I think that will mm. probably happen now. Um, Big up themselves, yeah, bid on them. We've got serious problems arising in northern ireland of which i know very little so let's not no yeah. me me too I, i'm like Ugh, don't, i don't know enough about that yeah, yeah. um but the, <laughs> the union itself in, appears to be more and more fragile so we've got that we've also got these sort of traits of authoritarianism and and weirdness to our government where it's getting i would say more and yeah. more right wing with the months that pass it's excessively right wing yeah, yeah. um 
So if these sort of traits of 1984-esque kind of authoritarian, like we're not fully there yet, but there's there's whispers of it and it feels uncomfortable to people. Like it's all coming a bit true. Yeah, it's a bit like a J.G. Ballard novel. Yeah, right. So if that's where we are now in 2021, like how, and there's no uh, reasonable expectation that the Tories are going to get kicked out. We've covered that. Like, how bad do you, do you think this could get by, like, let's say 2030, 2031? So 10 years from now, where, do, like, how bad is Britain going to be? Like, should we just fuck off? Um, are you doing, yeah, are you going to do it on a scale of 1 to 10? Like, uh, fuck, you know, um, I don't know. Um, I'd say fuck, most likely, because I don't think we're going to get a Labour government in. I think, and, and I don't know, it feels a bit, it feels a bit Trumpy, you know. Mm. What tipped what tipped the balance with Trump? It was I think the thing that tipped the balance with Trump were people of colour joining together with all the other communities that are facing persecution under that government and joining forces, the LGBTQIA plus community, the trans community, the people of colour, the you know all the dis, the disenfranchised people that had suffered, mm. um, got together and I think that's something that we could do with in labor except people are just infighting and tearing themselves apart so it's very hard to have hope when you're in the midst of it mm. look at the year we've had yeah we've had yeah. A, a, a deadly pandemic horribly mishandled we've had labor tearing themselves apart who are the only opposition um it's just dragged on and on and on um and yet they're still somehow popular. I, I wish I knew. I was thinking. I wish I knew. I was thinking earlier, like, if you look at all of these sort of, these conversations that we thought were done and dusted, right? Like, I saw something mm. a few weeks ago where somebody said, maybe we should revisit the conversation about whether abortion should be legal or, you know, should be vastly reduced. Fucking hell. And I'm just like, why should, why should we reopen that debate? Like, we already had this debate decades ago and we agreed that it was the right thing to do to stop women dying in back streets um so we need to be sensible. and also it's our, you know it's our bodies you know like we we get to say what what we do with them right. it's nobody else's so fucking business so why is this conversation now like why do these people feel empowered at this stage to go like well you know they've uh, they've done x y and z maybe we can get them to do you know uh, or but it's regression that's 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 what's happened we've regressed in terms of racism yeah. um you know hate crime went through the roof after brexit because they built a campaign based on xenophobia and anti-immigration kind of like rhetoric when we've always benefited financially from immigration so if we're if we're benefiting financially as a country from immigration why don't you want those people here mm. there's your answer so it's it's that allowed people to start being overtly racist again i think mm. and then once you start something fundamental like that that's a deserved right for people to be punished for being racist once that's chipped away all hell breaks loose every other protected community gets it you get the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm. You get uh, women, again, having to fight, fight for fundamental rights again. Uh, you get a rise in, you know, sexual violence. It, it all just, it just escalates. I don't know. I don't know about 10 years time if it's like this now, because it could, it could go either way. But I know that it will only succeed and get worse if good people do nothing about it. Mm. 
if you know it's the, it's the, the old adage isn't it um hate succeeds when when good people do nothing and you've got people like the good law project chipping away that's a bit of hope yeah 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 um but it's, it feels a little bit like a pebble in an ocean at the moment but um I don't know. I was. I mean, I want to say something really interesting, like you know, it'll be like North Korea, and we'll have like big Johnson posters everywhere, and we'll have like mass weepings. Yeah. Children dies, Emperor of which Johnson. there are thousands. I was thinking, yeah, like, if you if you consider the the supposed reopening of the abortion debate, and then you you cast your mind back to, I think Pretty Patel had an appearance on Question Time or Newsnight or something where she said that she wouldn't rule out. Um, uh revisiting capital punishment because as a deterrent she felt like it was a deterrent even though every study ever sound like her ever conducted but she's so nice yeah. you know um so there's like these sort of very right-wing um ideas and uh, uh you know, processes <laughs> that we've ruled out and studies sequentially always say this doesn't fucking work so what we do um of course it doesn't work yeah so no. so it's madness if we're revisiting all these ideas or if none of this shit is off limits I was thinking, like, what would it take for some Tory bellend to go, well, you know, I think actually we should be able to carry guns in the UK. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, everything is everything's fair game, isn't it? Yeah. It's like they're going to bring in a purge, you know, like... Um... I'm sure they would do if, if they were able to. I'm sure there's quite a few dodgy Tory backbenchers who would happily sign off on a bill that brought in a purge of like but a, a pedge a, a pedge a purge of plebs like a purge of plebs twice, that will be the banners twice annually. yeah um yeah you got the you the, what they'll do is they'll get big tannoy set up with the land of hope and glory playing you know old school rules um tabled legs you know yeah. bat whatever you can find around the house forks yeah and even then when these people's like these flag waving cretins even when their own like mother or sister or like son is slaughtered in the street by like some Tory backbencher or whatever, still, still, then they'll be like, "Yeah, well, ugh, can't vote Labour though, can I?" <laughs> like, it was an honourable death. What are you talking yeah, about? He died for his country. He died for his country. <laughs> well, I, I, oh my god! I mean, we laugh, but it's. We, I think ten years. 10 years it's not it's not impossible you know yeah give or take you know it's it's not it's not impossible i mean they the, the government are literally um you know putting out dog whistles to the far right you've got as i said patel like a fucking ss guard yeah. watching over the deportation of, of people in this mad black jacket she's doing that so that people like it's their way. It's, it's in a way the toys are playing her too. So they're going, oh, we're not racist. Look, this is a this. It's fine. Yeah. Whilst at the same time appealing to all the far right head cases. Yeah. It's 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 mad. I, I thought that was photoshopped. Yeah. That picture yeah. of her. I thought that 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 you know it's hard to be shocked at the moment or nowadays. But that I thought that can't be real. Yeah, I thought like when I when I <laughs> when I saw it, I thought uh why is she like why have they decked her out in a basically a military kind of vest and i imagined this conversation happening between her and like her you know subordinates or whatever like where she's like yeah can you get me a military vest with my name on it like or home secretary on it and they were like well 
you know, everyone's going to fucking know it's you. And she's going to be like, no, no, I need it to say home sec. And they'd be like, you're in the fucking newspaper every other day. People know who you are. And she's like, yeah, I know, but I want it in big, like, military letters. You know, like, it's oh just God. so fucking weird and ego. It's really like... weird. It's chilling. Like, it put, it made, it put kind of a cold feeling through me when I saw it. I thought, that is mental. Yeah. But, you know, if, if they, if they try and outlaw, um, protest they're going to have a big problem i think i think we i'd like to i'd like to think the british will eventually go fully french you know and just and kick off like water cannons and well i'll i'll i will i'll i'll go uh commit some civil disobedience in london um over the summer once i'm fully vaccinated you know yeah yeah i i i wonder I'm up for it, actually. if that would be the the turning point like if they really do attempt to outlaw protest then even if well, then... everyone, like even if half the country actually are behind that bill and they think that it's, you know, it's all about making sure that uh, Extinction Re Rebellion can't shut down X, Y, and Z. Like if they really think that that's all that this is about. Um... But that's the whole point of protest. I mean, it's, it's just mental. That's, that's why people protest, to affect change. And they're like, oh, you know, you can't be loud or annoying. What does that mean? What does annoying mean? Yeah. You know, it's just too subjective and it's also horribly vague. And it and and look at the, the violence they've incited just from people trying to stand up against it already. Yeah. It's yeah. it's mental. Well, I was gonna say, like, even if half the country support the bill, the other half, I think actually it would attract sufficient numbers to protest against it and cause problems that they may actually just back down on it or dilute it. And then it'll be that one of those weird like Tory things where they pretend like they congratulate people on <laughs> they'll be like, Oh, thank you so much for, for protecting calling us all cunts. And yeah, we we've seen a lot. Oh, well that you're 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 I I know that there's a lot planned for at least June the twenty third. Yeah. Like a countrywide protest starting in London, I think. Um which I think it's a Wednesday. It's a bit annoying for me, someone who lives in the outskirts, um, to get into London. But yeah, it's a bit of a first world problem, isn't it? Really? But um, yeah, you'll manage it for the good of your country. I'll manage it. Huh? For the good of your country, you can manage it. I'm sure. Well, yeah. I mean, what are they national? Well, it'd help if they if they really kind of nationalise the trains, but that's another that's another matter. Do you think Pretty Patel? I got like when when she's in a sort of faux military gear. I think the the vibe that they were going for was like, take this woman seriously. She's the Home Secretary, and here she is dragging an immigrant out of his house because you know this is what you voted for. Fear, pretty Patel. But the vibe I got was like, do you remember those old like promo videos of Michael Jackson when he was like <laughs> wearing the military shit? <laughs> He's like, She's bad. His, yeah, right. Like you know it. In his yeah. like faux military, like running really, along really with like bad. troops and shit, and you're supposed to think, yeah, Michael, yeah, he's my guy or something. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> he's, my he's my guy. guy. Um, I don't know why. He's the man, like, man. Yeah. Why, he I, I, why is she? Um, yeah. I, I, again, I think it's a, it's a, it's a racist dog whistle. I think she's being used to uphold, uphold racism. Um, as a woman of colour. And she's I think she's happy to go along with it because she's a sociopath. I think she'll do whatever it takes to get ahead. Mm. She is, if nothing else, like almost admirable in the fact that she's so merciless. I don't know. Um, but... Did you see that, I mean, that Frankie Boyle tweet where he said she was, uh, she's the sort of person who would unplug your life support machine to 
charge her phone. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. She she's got kind of she gives me Myra Hindley vibes. I have to admit, like I get I do get you know slight slight Hindley vibes off her. Yeah, I mean I feel um, like I I studied psychoanalysis and psychotherapy. Oh, for, cool! Did you? Uh, not for long. I did it for about. That's interesting. 10 months. Yeah, I'm, I, I kind of mm. wish I'd stuck with it, to be honest, because I am genuinely... I'm thinking about going back to study it from Masters. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fascinating. Um, and I, I wish I'd sort of persevered with it, but um, uh, I, I feel reasonably confident looking at the way that she interacts with people and the famously, like, the lack of empathy. And, like, what, what always strikes mm -hmm. me about sort of... Not always Tory MPs, I'm sure there are some Labour sociopaths also, but with yeah, it yeah. seems to be with Tory MPs, they never actually have any friends. Like you never see them actually socialising or, or appearing warm with other. You know, like I. Well, no, I mean that is the job, isn't it? They're, they're, their colleagues are essentially are. Well, they're not even friends, are they? Everyone's watching their back. Yeah, yeah. Like there's never a, a Tory MP or two that are in cabinet who you see who are like you know sort of thick as thieves. Whereas I think you would get... Yeah, that. you're right, like mates, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the, the bugbear for me is like when people act the fool, when people act up or act a bit cunty uh. in your circle of friends, say, <laughs> usually they've got a couple of like guy mates or girl mates who'll tap them on the shoulder and go like, listen, Aid, um, I know it seemed funny at the time, but actually shitting on the Princess Diana Memorial Fountain, probably not on, mate. Like maybe... Not cool, you know, yeah, yeah, um, back off. Like have a think next time, yeah? Like, yeah. But there's, I, I think when you remove that quality control layer of mates that will check you, you know... I think mm. I think it allows you then to be extra cunty or extra sociopath. I, I think you're right. Plus, it's dog eat dog, isn't it? In 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 politics, as well, we know. I mean, it's like you're watching your back. You're moving. You're doing what you can to to get ahead at all costs, really. Yeah. So I, I think you have to be made to a certain extent that way to succeed. Yeah. Um, in politics, like everyone has to have done something a little bit dodgy, I think, to get where they're going. Yeah. Or they had to have like crapped on someone to, to get where they're going. So, but yeah, you're right. Like a friend would probably reel you in a bit. They'd say, hang on, pretty. That's mad. That sounds creepy. But hang on, pretty. Hang on, pretty. <laughs> <laughs> don't wear the jacket, love. You look like a nutter. Um, no, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know why she is how she is. I, I just get textbook. Having having known a few in my life, now I know what narcissists are. I'd say she's like she's she's definitely got a bit of an American psycho vibe about her, yeah. without a doubt. Um, yeah. Um, um, chilling. But also maybe it could be a, a little bit of internalised misogyny because you don't expect women to be that twatty. I don't know. Um, this is another, it's, it's hard. This is another bugbear of mine. And I hope I can articulate this sensitively in a way that doesn't get me fucking cancelled or uh, like comment. Right? Be careful, Aid. Be careful. It comes to controversy. <laughs> right. Say it. I, I, <laughs> I have a problem with the fact that every time there is a... Uh, a female leader of sorts and and we get told constantly that um we need more women in this industry or more women in leadership roles etc etc and i agree wholeheartedly with it but it always seems like the women that go into these leadership roles like your cressida dicks theresa mays hillary clinton's um pretty patels it's never the women who actually exhibit the values and the attributes that you associate with women for the reason that you would want them in those roles right so 
the reason that we want more women in these roles is because guys fucking walk around swinging their dicks and everything's a pissing contest and they're obsessed with ego and getting ahead. We want more women in these roles because they're less obsessed with ego. There's no dick swinging. They're thinking about things, I would say, more logically um, and maturely. And it's less about getting ahead. It's more about what's best for the, the team or the country. Mm. So why is it that when we get these women in these roles, then there's this expectation that they should then like talk in the same tone as an angry aggressive man and like you know hillary clinton on debate stages is you know tr to be taken seriously in that role she has to be aggressive and jacked up on testosterone almost and the same was true yeah. with theresa may like i i want like female leaders like the prime minister of new zealand where you know she's a a competent measured mature she's a strong bitch man she's right. brilliant she's right. amazing an incredible woman on all all levels i think it's a lot to do with the outdated outmoded attitudes of england and the uk generally speaking i mean hillary clinton i don't know i don't know what's going on with her she's a, she's an odd character but um Theresa May, Pretty Patel, they're still very much playing by the standards of the boys' club. Yeah. The yeah. the patriarchy is horrifically strong in this country. It's still very much at play. Um and and I think that they're emulating that to be successful mm. because I think they have to. When you're up against the old Etonian boys club, when there's not one, was it in the House of Lords? It's like virtually all men, isn't it? Mm. If not all men. Um, and, and you've got that kind of purely patriarchal, like influence everywhere. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's, it's beat them or, you know, you, you have to join them to beat them or you have to become or emulate some of that. I think with Theresa May, I think she probably watched a few too many Thatcher documentaries personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Pretty Patel is pretty much a wild card. I mean, I've never known a politician, male or female, uh, really, to be as, as mad as her. Um, I take some comfort in the fact that she doesn't appear to be overly competent at what she does. In fact, that's true of most of the cabinet. True. They were, I, I think... You, you may disagree. I don't know. I've got this sort of, I formed this opinion or this perception that most of them got their jobs purely on the back that they would be loyal to Boris and Brexit, right? So that's not a mm. sign that they are competent or, or the best man or woman for the job. It's a sign that they were willing to keep their mouth shut for a bit to get a cushy cabinet. Absolutely. Yeah, selling your soul to the devil, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and so by that uh, or to that effect, I think it's only a matter of time that until like each one of them gets in the shit in their respective areas. And we've already seen it, right? Like, so pretty Patel. They already have, but nothing's happening. It's like, what's it going to take? Yeah. I mean... No, all of them are unsackable because, it, like, I mean, mm. how the fuck is someone like Boris Johnson going to say to someone, look, you've really let the side down here, pretty. Um, you were dishonest. Uh, you, you lost your rag. <laughs> yeah. You didn't act in a very responsible way. It should just be like, oh, oh fucking really? Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Um, Bojo. It's probably an element yeah. of, you know, they know where the bodies are. Um, oh, they know where they they definitely do. But at the same time, I still don't think that they would they would reveal it. Mm. I mean, it, it depends on what they want out of their future, whether or not they want the cushy pension, whether or not they want the cushy like position in the House of Lords, etc. Uh, whether or not they want to remain on the gravy train. I mean, I, I just think they're all morally bankrupt yeah. and they're just after themselves, essentially. Um, I don't think any of them any of them have our best interests at heart no at all i used to get into this mind space where i'd be like 
I think they all get into politics with good intentions and they genuinely want to make the world a better place. But I, the older I get and the more cynical I get, especially within Torydom, I think actually someone gives them a word in the ear and they say, have you thought about running for local government? And they go, nah, I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to do that. And then they go, well, I don't know. Let me, I'll write down how this works. <laughs> and then they go, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, okay. I could tell a few lies for five years and then get a cushy role on a board, two boards, three boards somewhere. Get a cushy pension. Well, that's, yeah, that's it. I mean, if you had people on TikTok, I know I've had people on TikTok say, you should be running for, for, for Labour. You should be running on the... Same. And I was like, populism's... I, I hate populism. Why the fuck would I do... I've got no qualifications in this role, yeah. apart from, you know, pure rage <laughs> against the opposition. I mean, maybe that would be enough, you know. Maybe I should do it. Well, maybe I should... I uh... think, like, don't, don't ever un underestimate the skill of being a communicator so you mm. can articulate complex concepts in a way that is consumable and makes sense to people on tiktok mm. in one minute right so that's quite a good strong skill to have especially when you see some of these motherfuckers on Newsnight, or um you know God, yeah it's they, can, they can't string a fucking sentence together and you sat there find going, your words you dickheads yeah, yeah absolutely your chance to make a fucking point you bellend I know, I know, I know, I know. It's maddening. Um, yeah. So there's that, and but then like when I've had comments like that, they go like, "Oh, you, please, please become a Labour MP because we need people." And I'm just like, mate, there are far too many photographs of me with God knows what substances in my system. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Glastonbury. Yeah. Like, oh, I know. Here's a new Labour MP yeah. for Aldershot. And uh, then day number two of my campaign would just be like, oh, here's A. Thompson um, with coke up his nose, eyes like fucking saucers. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, there's like, oh, Vomit maybe even on Facebook. Yeah. I don't even know. If, I don't even know if they're still visible. But yeah, there are, there are some shockers of me on Facebook. I, I, oh, God, I need to go back and delete. Mind you, um, actually, no, I can't say that I did most of my caning before the uh, the internet age. It's all there to see. Yeah. They'll find it. They always do. But I think maybe that could be like a thing that made us, you know, electable, like rogues, you know. Yeah, more relatable. <laughs> like, I mean, everyone knows Michael goes bang on the gack anyway. So oh, sure, I'm I'm reasonably certain. Yeah. I'm going to say ninety ten certain that Boris Johnson has been bang on the Chang as well. I know some. <laughs> I know someone who knows a story about him. But again, I don't want to have like MI5 turn up. But um, yeah, something to do with him. I can't say it. Can you tell me a story about someone else called Joris Bonson? Apparently there was a guy called Joris Bonson who got a little bit off his tips on PCP um, at a party that was possibly frequented, frequented by uh, ladies of the night. And an ambulance was Bonson. called. But he refused to get in it because he knew the papers would be all over it like a dog at hot chips. So, wow. But again, unsubstantiated. Yeah, poor Joris. Poor. Well, I would say poor Joris, but you know. Yeah. And apparently, there's apparently like there's a lot of talk about him and a what is it a violinist in Russia? Yeah, I read about that. I mean, the guy literally cannot keep his penis in his pants. And... But why? Like, why would anyone want to go near it? I mean, it's. 
Yeah. It's it's insane. But it's I, I don't it's obviously got so I mean, you you have to give credit where it's due, otherwise you just sound like a, you know, rabid lefty that's just like, fuck every single conservative voter ever. Including I don't think I have to say that I would shag Boris Johnson, otherwise I'm gonna be seen as bitter. Because he is he is he is a mad looking rooster. Like I don't need I don't need to <laughs> he is mental. I don't I don't have to go yeah no no i'm not but, saying you have to you don't have to say that you can't make me no. aid you can't make me. Um, yeah but i'm just saying like he has he obviously has something i don't see it you don't see it but there's something there that very attractive young women have seen i don't know is it a power thing it's not I, I don't know maybe they're just they're hard up you know they haven't had it for a while i don't know i don't know what the reason is i would i would sooner um yeah, uh, close the door forever, then then go near him, um, without a doubt. What about okay, gun, <laughs> gun to your head? You have to sleep with either Johnson or Gove. It's a rough night either way, but which would you go with? Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Gove is pob. I mean, I would. I mean, given the choice, I'd go for Dominic Raab, but I'm not getting the choice. Um, no. I think Raab would be a militant lover i'm just gonna say that me too i think he's definitely i mean the, i was saying to someone the other week that if we get pretty patel or rob in charge we are screwed because they're both attractive mm. so i mean pretty patel i hate to admit it she's a pretty woman ah and uh, you've got rob who is a good looking man broad tall you know all that kind of stuff so if and people automatically always trust good looking people like it's a yeah people tend no not automatically always but they tend to psychologically trust attractive people don't they 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 or they want to be liked by they want to be um relate to attractive people yeah. so i think we would be even more screwed if either of them went for the leadership without a doubt yeah, and I, I talk a lot in vids about the beer test as well. And if you get someone, oh, what's that? that's where it's this idea that you would, the, the person that's going to win the election or the referendum or, or whatever is usually mm -hmm. the person that you would imagine most people want to go for a beer with over the other person. So um, like Biden over Trump, I would say fairly accurate. Obama over Mitt Romney, accurate um mm. theresa may v corbyn both insufferable hung parliament oh i'd rather go with corbyn like Actually, was it hung parliament with may and corbyn i think she got did she get a very modest majority no it was a hung parliament was it oh and she did the dup deal didn't she <laughs> yeah um which is mad so yeah. the theory stands right so those two both insufferable i would i would have a beer with corbyn but i would imagine i would enjoy my beer more than his company is that i imagine he would give you a lecture on what the best type of beers are yeah and he would he'd stick to the one that he likes which is probably a stout yeah and he would be really really stubborn about sticking to like making sure that you tried this particular type of porter yeah or something you know I, th I yeah and he would have like because he's quite softly spoken uh when he's not pretending to be assertive um <laughs> and I think he would he'd be one of these sort of nice grandpa, softly spoken guys where if you chose the wrong ale, he would kind of let you know that it was the wrong ale, but in a softly, but, and it would haunt you for the rest of the day. You'd be like, I chose the wrong one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd say under his breath, like, what the fuck? Like, like when yeah. your actual grandpa used to go like, oh, I'm just disappointed, you know, like. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not annoyed. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah it would. It, today, Aid. Like, oh. 
Yeah, chilling, like almost chilling, yeah. yeah. Whereas Theresa May would have like half a white wine spritzer and be all like, like getting on the karaoke. I, I reckon actually you probably, no, you could not have a laugh at Theresa May. She's like, she's wound so tight. Yeah, she's famously just fucking dull, just a personality vacuum. Mm. Like people who used to work with her in, in cabinet and stuff had, had yeah. um, I'm going by what people say a source said, but people people said the source said she's a wang no yeah there's yeah no yeah she's talk. she's dull there's no like oh like morning kathy like how was your weekend like there's none of that it's just fucking maybot robot territory <laughs> she is the maybot absolutely but um she she was also happy to be complicit in some horrific horrific like policies and and um legislation i mean look at windrush i mean she was yeah firmly. it's like friends of mine I mean, say, like, oh i feel really like when she was getting a mauling um Friends of mine were like, Rightly I feel so. really sorry for her. You know, she it's like she's just, all of her party is circling around her like sharks and, you know, the tabloids are bashing her. I was just like, she's so fucking shit. Just she is don't shit. feel yeah, sorry she for was her. always she's shit. Like, no. climbed her way up all the way to the top and she's so inadequate of the, like, are you familiar with the, the, um, the phrase, the Peter Principle? No. It's this idea in employment and, well, I think it comes from employment, like HR and stuff. It's this idea that you will continue, you, me, everyone, will be promoted into the job that they suck at. Because if you start off as a junior estate agent, you then get promoted mm. to team leader. Well, cool. Now maybe you're managing people. Mm. Then the team leaders all go for the same job. They get promoted into estate agent manager. And then maybe you become mm. area manager or whatever. But eventually you will get to one of those jobs where you will struggle to get promoted because you're not cut out for that fucking uh, job. So your job that yeah. you get stuck in, you will always end up in the job that you suck at. And she is the yeah. walking, she's the embodiment of the Peter Principle. She was this, she is. That, a fairly good, like she's the MP for my hometown. She was, I think, yeah. pretty good as a local MP. Then home sec, she was the longest home sec tenure, I think, ever, maybe? Really? home secretary for, I think, eight, seven or eight years, something like that. I didn't even really know who she was before. Like, I, I didn't really ever pay any attention to her. She's just pretty bland. Yeah. My friend had a Siamese cat that lived to be about, in what would be cat years, probably about 160. It was a long time. Yeah. And in the end, she was just this kind of, like, wiry, just, like, husk of a cat that would just cling to pillows. That's what Teresa Ray reminds me of, <laughs> is uh, Tia, my friend's now dead uh, rest her soul, um, Siamese cat, just, like... It's a lovely story. Clinging on, yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's heart heartwarming. But um... I'm gonna I'm gonna end the episode there actually on that uplifting uh, little. <laughs> on <time>. like <laughs> <A> dead. <laughs> well, she is a dead cat. Yeah. <laughs>